is the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, let's do it, baby. Sunday morning here in New York City. And what a gorgeous day it is outside. So after yesterday, some nice weather. Today, we got a high of 65. It's the New York City Marathon. Shout out to all the runners out there. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs with you on the week nine edition of the program. Hit us up on Twitter. We're at Ty D. Butler, Brandon Jacobs 27. Get at us on the gram as well. And together we form the combination that is 800-919-3776 where you can ring us up on the phone lines. Excited to get it started. I'm also intrigued because my guy Brandon Jacobs was pounding his chest. He felt great about oh, his, come on, his Giants team, you, you, even you though going, they're 2-6. You're going and six. too far, dude. He, he felt so good he made a bet, and now I am here to collect my good friend. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Man, you see what happens? See, that's when you know people don't win much. That's when you know people don't win much. How's they go that? Through and they say, because they go through and they say all of that just to make it seem that much better for you that I took my Giants. Like I'm not going to bet my Giants against the Jets. How did it work out for you? I, I didn't talk any trash. How did it work out though, that bet? That bet Dude, was first good? of all, you guys should have lost the game. So let's just be okay. I mean, there's some, some, some decision-making was the reason you won the game. So don't don't come here. And act like you guys just went out there and just marched up and down the field for four quarters because you didn't. You sh- I don't you know. I saw again. Zach Wilson look pretty good against your dominant defense on that final drive of the fourth quarter and then marched him down the field for a game-winning overtime kick. Yeah, and yeah, the final yeah, score yeah, says yeah, 13-10, Jets win. So uh, when's that? How, how are the flights looking as far as you coming to New York City, restaurants? How, how's that coming along? First of all, I got to find a time because I'm because I got my son that's 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 still dominating on Friday nights. And how do you do this, Val? How do you do? Give us a little recap. His team killed it. They won sixty-seven to zero. Um, he had a couple. He had, he had, he had about three three pancakes on a day. A real nasty knockdown on the screenplay. Um, he's just he just you know being he you know he's just being you know that Mister Reliable man. And like you know whenever whenever a defensive end come in and he's this four star five-star guy you know he come in and he, he's 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 not noticed wait so All you say 67 night. zip there's no mercy rule man this is georgia football man y'all how y'all are, yeah i mean it, it is a mercy rule the clock just run <laughs> the clock just run like if you clock, like but yeah like if you run the ball i mean if you pass the ball and it's an incomplete pass the clock it just it just keeps going it's, it does stop when you go out of bounds, though, which I don't get it. But, well, that yeah. the, the Giants would have benefited from that last week in the second half where, you know, Tommy DeVito was not allowed to throw a pass. The running clock would have helped them because I, I, I – can you, can you answer this for me, Brandon? You've played in the league. You know a I've lot more. I've been trying more. to figure it out for a week, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I cannot <laughs> answer it for you. You know a lot more football <laughs> than anybody. Uh, why – how could you possibly dress a backup quarterback who you don't trust throwing the football? Knowing that Tyrod Taylor has the he's he's an aging quarterback with a rich injury history, how do you go into a game with your second stringer having you you have no faith in him to just complete a pass to the point where you end the game with negative nine passing yards? I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, if you get a guy to come in to 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 dress and be among the forty eight or forty five roster spots. It's, it's imperative that he knows what he's doing, so you can continue your game plan. Going, you know, if something were to happen, not sit here and, and, and hand the ball to Saquon Barkley the rest of the game. You know, and that just didn't 
I, I, I don't know, Ty, I can't really give you an answer. I mean, I guess they wasn't confident in in uh, in his ability to, to to put the ball in the air, man. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I wish I could. I wish I could answer. I just I just can't. Well, it's a big game for the Giants today in a sense of, you know, the Raiders come in just mired in all of the atrocity that has led them to now clean house. They uh, fire their head coach, Josh McDaniels, general manager, Dave Zeigler, given a pink slip and offensive coordinator. Uh, uh, Mick Lombardi this past Wednesday was also part of the cleaning house that Mark Davis and company did. They were unhappy with the results last year that saw this Raiders team go 6-11. and They started 3-5 and this season, and then there was a bunch of decision, uh, dissension in that locker room. Clearly, the offense was unhappy, and you saw you know, the celebration of sorts once the news came out that Josh Josh McDaniels was not going to be a part of this organization going forward. So now, stepping up to the plate, your former teammate, Antonio Pierce, he gets promoted from the linebackers coach and now is going to serve as the interim coach. How's Antonio Pierce, by the way? He's great, and that's why I'm glad everything happened in, in Vegas the way it did because he got an opportunity. He got a chance to benefit from the situation. Uh, AP, I, I, like I said on uh, one of my uh, uh, interviews, he was one of my teammates. Who, I, if you, if I had to pinpoint a teammate who I, who I thought would never be coaching, it would be him. I, it, like, like it would be him because just the, now he was a great teammate, great leader. You know, I just never thought that he would go that route. Because Why is everything, that? Well, because you know, like being like being on the team with him, like it was certain times where people would be mad that we had to come in on certain days and he would be one of them. <laughs> he would be one of them like, man, why we got to go in, man? We just won a game. Like why, like why you can't give us Monday off and we just come in on Wednesday? Like, so the, the, just for those reasons right there, like he, he was one of the guys on the team, one of the leaders on the team who used to fight for those days off and just to, to know that. And, and, and he's been coaching from college. You know, he, like he's been coaching a long time and I just never really saw him in this, in this place just because of when he played, you know, he was trying to get them days off at times. So I'm happy for him. I hope it works out for him. You know, I hope they lose today, but I hope they win every other game after today and he get a real true opportunity as a head coach um, so, in the NFL. So the Raiders are clearly in disarray. If the Giants lose, I, I call it a big game, not from the standpoint of, like, playoff implications. I think we've kind of gotten to a point where we can – uh, extinguish that comp conversation as far as this team getting to the postseason. They're two and six, and, and they look pretty lifeless. The news comes out that Darren Waller's headed to the IR, and I know Giant fans probably will just dismiss this as no big deal because you haven't seen him be the difference maker that you anticipated. But he still led the team with 36 catches for 385 yards. We know Graham Gano's on the IR. Last year, one of the best kickers in football. And now you're going to turn to some reserves. Uh, is Randy Bullock is going to get the uh, mm -hmm. opportunity to now uh, kick for this New York Giants team. So they're dealing with injuries, still waiting for the inactives uh, to come out. But it looks like they're going to be getting healthier. Obviously, Daniel Jones, uh, Daniel Jones is returning to the fold after missing three straight games due to the neck injury. But I, I, I just wonder... If the Giants lose this game today to the Raiders, who stink, who just benched uh, their free agent quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're turning to a rookie, a fourth-round pick, Aiden O'Connell. If they lose this game today, I mean, like a three- or four-win season is on the table. Then we get to the end of the year, and you don't want to overreact to just one bad season. But, 
I mean, man, like to, to come in with the expectations that you did, not that they were high, but as far as Daniel Jones taking that next step, Brian Dable reigning coach of the year, to end this season with three or four wins, you have to be sounding the alarms on everyone within this organization. So I think this is a pivotal game as far as setting the tone for how the rest of the season plays out. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think this game, uh, to, you know, today will be a, a, a game, a test for a lot of guys. You know, you get a lot of guys back. There's no longer the, the excuse, you know, the excuse that, well, he's hurt or he's hurt. We get both tackles back. I think we got Daniel Jones back. Um, there's, you know, yeah, you know, Darren Waller's out. But, again, like he hasn't, you know, he did, he, he has led the team, you know, as you said, with 36 catches. But I, I just don't, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't see the Giants losing this game. I really don't because the Raiders are just so, you know, they're just so all over the place right now. But if they but but if they did lose this game, it's going to it's going to raise a lot of eyebrows and, you know, people going to go go actually, you know, sit down to the round, you know, at the round table and try to figure out how to make this team better. You know, I, I don't know if firing somebody will be the thing. Uh I don't think I don't, I don't think the head coach job is on the line at all. Um I just, you know, they they, they I think more more of the players is showing some some uh, just showing you know that that they may or may or may not belong. So let me ask you this because like the Giants, it feels like on paper are the better team, despite the fact that they've been awful this year. The Raiders have just been equally as <laughs> bad, and they're dealing with all this turmoil. Uh, it feels a tad bit disrespectful that uh, your New York Football Giants are underdogs in this game. But you can make the case, I guess, that it's the worst time to play the Raiders just because they get that initial jolt of having a fresh voice in the locker room. So I want to ask you, because you were a player, like, is there an overrated sense of you know, the commentary surrounding a team you know, rallying for the interim head coach? You just fired a guy who clearly was not popular in that locker room. Do we overrate that, or is that a real thing that goes on uh, in between the lines when, you, when you're now playing for a new head coach? No, I mean, well, just it's just depending on who they promote as their coach. I know in this case, I know in this particular case with the Raiders and Antonio Pierce, yeah, I, I think there's something we have to be worried about as Giants fans because Antonio's going to get the best out of those guys. He's going to get the best out of those guys. He's going to go in there with his player-type mentality and attitude, and he's going to really, you know, get in there. And, and it's, he he's going to use the choice of words Every other word, and them boys are gonna be pumped up. They're gonna be ready to play, and uh, yeah. So I, I don't think that's that's uh, like like I don't think that's uh, overrated at all. For this for this particular interim coach, it, it, it could definitely make a difference. So my question to you, the listeners, at eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six, is what would a loss today mean for Dable and the Giants? The Raiders stink. Daniel Jones is returning from an injury after missing three straight games, and there are fans out there who legitimately feel like this team would be on a three-game win streak had he not gotten hurt, which would have them at 4-4 four and four right in the thick of the playoff picture. But in all you know, actuality, five games into it, Jones did not look great, and it immediately allowed that conversation of, you know, should we have paid this guy? Did we make a mistake? That surface and the transition to, well, you know, let's just be so bad we can draft his replacement. So uh, tremendous pressure on Jones today and the rest of the season just because if the Giants don't look considerably better on offense as they're getting healthier and they play less dominant competition, what is it going to say about Daniel Jones? And as far as Brian Dable is concerned, I think that it's lunacy 
to entertain this notion that we should have him on the hot seat. You know, whatever happens the rest of the season, uh, Brian Dable should be coaching this team next year. But if they do end with three or four losses, then there's going to be a lot of pressure on him heading into next season. So as far as those two things are concerned, I want to hear from you, 800-919-3776. And also, are Giant fans rooting for this team to win? Or is it better to lose out? I know the player, Brandon Jacobs, is going to just you know vomit at the thought of hearing that. But there are some fans out there who are saying, man, it might be best for us to lose these games just so we can capitalize and maximize the draft capital, uh, getting a high pick and maybe drafting, whether it be a quarterback or Marvin Harris Jr. or you know an offensive lineman, whatever the case may be. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. At Ty D. Butler is where you can find me on Twitter. He's at BrandonJacobs27. Go over to Instagram and follow us as well. 800-919-3776. We've got an abbreviated program today going to 1 o'clock, leading you into Packers Rams. So excited. Uh, to be with you for the next two hours. Hit us up. We'll be right back right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going until 1 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hit us up. We're on Twitter. Ty D. Butler, Brandon Jacobs, 2-7. And this portion of the show on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Bullet Frontier Whiskey, an official whiskey partner of the NFL, please enjoy responsibly, must be 21 or older. Quick update on what's happening in Germany right now. The Chiefs up 21 nothing on the Dolphins and Brandon. Miami's being exposed as fraud, similar to Minnesota last year, where they keep beating up on these bad teams. But every time they play a good team, they don't just lose. They get smoked, got embarrassed by the Eagles, got embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills. And right now in Germany, they're down three touchdowns. In the week after Tyreek Hill was talking all that smack, talking about he was going to give his former team that work. And I don't know if you saw, he fumbled a reception that was taken back for a touchdown touchdown, that made it 21-0. So right now, Miami in all kinds of trouble. Chiefs looking pretty good on defense. Uh, Your thoughts so far on this matchup? I mean, I got to see how I can say this. Okay. The Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins. They they had so they had so much of an upside coming in, and we thought they were just going to be. I thought I can't say we thought. I thought they were just going to be so dominant as an offense through the rest of the season. They scored seventy points on the Broncos, which yeah. again, Broncos, just the Broncos, right? Mm-hmm. Don't play good great offense. Don't play good defense. Not you know just they all over the place. Um, I, you know, but after that, I'm like, man, you know, coming, you know, like coming into the season, I know one thing. You know, they got all that speed at wide receiver. They got a quarterback that like to run around and he got, you know, uh, they're making plays in like in the air and on the ground. You know, I thought there was going to be a real force to be reckoned with, but they only destroy and and and, and single, you know, beat bad teams. Yeah. Whenever they get real true competition in front of them, they fold like an envelope. They fold. I'm talking about they fold real bad, and they have they have not beaten an opponent who's who's in contention well a top team in the in in the either conference yeah. they haven't done it yet so are they just a mirage maybe cuz i mean you look at the schedule there that that week 1 game against the chargers was dicey and then jc jackson at the tail end of that first half had a bad penalty that put points on the board for the dolphins and they ended up winning by two uh, so that field goal, uh, you know, paid dividends. They beat the Patriots week two, and then you mentioned week three. They've hung 70 on the Broncos. But then the great teams have made statements against them. 
Uh, the Bills beat them 48-20. to The Eagles beat them 31-17. to And you remember in that game, it was the Dolphins' defense that scored a touchdown. Jalen Hurts threw a pick six. And now they're losing by three scores to Kansas City. So the best teams in football are using the Dolphins as a statement win. And look, if you're a Jets fan out there and you're still holding on to hope about this team being relevant... You watch what's happening right now with the Dolphins. You've got the Bills playing tonight against the Bengals. You could be sitting in a spot tomorrow night on Monday Night Football against the Chargers when you take the field with an opportunity to get to second place in this division, when you see everything that's happening around them. You don't want to go too far, but just watching everything taking place, the Jet fan right now has to be confident. Oh, absolutely. And I think the Jets are playing playing well right now. I Defensively, I think they're 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 great, and I think they can play with anybody, stop anybody, lose lose low scoring games to good teams as we've seen, right? Um, the Jets could be in contention to you know be up there in this division because everybody else, you know, they they're they're playing really tough competition, yeah. you know, you know this weekend and in, 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 in you know in and in the coming weeks, so the Jets could be in a really good position. You know, to 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 make the playoff, if not, co- you know, compete to win the division. And me, I, I just want to mention this on Kansas City because a lot has been made so far about the mediocrity we've seen on offense because we're just not used to seeing Kansas City barely squeak by uh, without their offense, you know, being able to put up points in high octane fashion. But I actually think the Chiefs are scarier when their defense is because they've got a top five defense this year. They're scarier when their defense looks this well while their offense has been, you know, floating in mediocrity as opposed to the other way around because you know in the biggest moments in the biggest spots, Mahomes can turn it on. He can flip the switch. And, look, I I get Sky Moore, MVS, you know, Rice actually has been pretty good for them, but, like, the Kadarius Tonys of the world, they don't have a scary offensive, uh, you know, offensive skill set position. But as long as you've got Mahomes and Kelsey, Pacheco coming out that backfield, I think this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with offensively. And as long as that defense is being locked down the way that it is, Kansas City, to me, is still the best team in the AFC. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know because I, I, I don't think Kansas City is going to go as far this year as it's been in the past. I think they're losing a the division around against whoever really? they play. Yeah, why, why? Why? Why are you down on, on Kansas City? Because they're not as dominant as they've been in the past. Like, you know, like you say, their offense is floating in mediocrity right now, and that's never been the case. That's never been the case. They they don't look, you know, great on offense. Their defense, if you ask me, is, is, is really good, like you say, top five. But I don't see them being as dominant as they've been in the past to go as far as they've, they've you know, they've been going. I just, just, just because, you know, just offensively, it's just not – it just doesn't look, the, you know, like it used to look. So I don't see them. And in what, in what is loaded as the AFC is, I just, you know, when you, know, when you come into that division around, you're not going to play against uh, a Miami Dolphins. You're not going to play against teams like that. You're going to play against, you know, Baltimore Ravens and, and you know, stuff, you know, you know, teams like that. So I, I don't understand. I don't think they're, I don't think they'll get out the uh, division around. It's just, hey, you, that's just me. You bring so you want to place that bet too? So Kansas City to get out of the division around? Yeah, yeah I'll take Can't, that bet. You'll take that bet? Okay. Yeah, that's all easy. Right. Uh, because first of all, I mean, the number one seed they, they'll probably have. So all they got to do is win one game and they're in the uh, one game at home 
a home game in the playoff is a scenario they've never lost in. So you win one home game in the playoffs and you're in the NFC Championship game, I'll take that. You bring up Baltimore. Uh, that, that's been a team floating under the radar or flying under the radar, I should say, so far this season. Because, you know, they've had a couple a couple bad losses. That The Steelers loss was bad and then losing the Gardner Minshew. But you know, they got a big game today uh, in Baltimore at home hosting the Seahawks. They're 6-2. Mm-hmm. and two. Their defense has actually been statistically the best in football. And we know they dealt with some injuries early, but Lamar's balling, and I think this team is going to be good. I, I, but just with Kansas City, like Buffalo, I got to see Buffalo beat them in a big spot. Cincinnati, I believe in Cincinnati, has been rolling as of late. And I mentioned they got that big game tonight against the Bills, so that should be a fun one to watch. But the rest of the AFC, man, like beating Mahomes in a big spot, like even the Ravens, I, fourth quarter one score game. Am I trusting Lamar Jackson is going to outduel Patrick Mahomes? Uh, it's definitely a possibility. You act like we're talking about like some bum quarterback or something. No, not that he's a bum. I love I, I love Lamar. He's an MVP, uh, and like, I think he's disrespected. I just don't think he's on the level of of Mahomes. Uh, well, like I said, you know, a bunch of the mediocrity around their offense comes from Mahomes. So, I mean, he's not playing the best football he's played. But you think he's this is going to last? Over, making gonna, bad th- throws? Yeah, he, I, like, I think he mean? actually leads the league in turnovers, uh, to your right, point. So, but you think this is going to last the, the duration of the season? We're going to get yeah, to January? He's still going to look like this? I do. It's week, it's week nine, man. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's week it nine is. we're in right now. <laughs> you are who you are. You are who you are right now. I'm sorry to tell you. Now you, can now now can you turn it on and get hot, you know, again like later on? Yeah, but I don't see them doing that because I think they've been so used to being so great. I I don't know if they know how to deal with this uh, this adversity they got going on. And maybe they miss uh, Eric Bieniemy to some degree. Who's going on to be with the Commanders? Yeah, see, you Matt said Nagy's it. Their play you said it. I wasn't gonna say it though. You said it, not me. <laughs> because you know, Andy Reid's tremendous as a head coach. You, you know, he's an offensive genius. But Bieniemy was the, you know, he 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 was the he was the guy who was was calling the plays. He was the mastermind of that offense. And I'm not gonna take credit away from Reid. He's obviously fantastic. But I, I think there can be a correlation uh, between Bienemy leaving and this Chiefs offense not looking as good as it has in addition to the fact that they don't really have those explosive uh, weapons at their receiving core outside of the likes of uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, who's their tight end. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Dave in the car. What's up, Dave? Hey, thanks for having me in, guys. Um, I've kind of been blowing my horn about this whole week. I want to get your opinion on it with both of you if I can. You know, I watched this quarterback with the Titans, rookie quarterback, have a great great game. And immediately it made me think of Daniel Jones. I remember his first game coming back 18 down against the Bucs, over 300 yards passing. I'm looking at Daniel Jones right now. Uh, I'm looking at him kind of through the lens that I look at Luck, who used to play with the Colts. Mm -hmm. He was on a trajectory. Had he remained playing? He would have been obviously the most abused quarterback in the league. I think he's shot. I think he's a shell of himself. I don't think he's finished, and I don't believe in tanking. But I'm looking at this guy, and I'm looking at a coach that actually, in the public eye, does not really ingratiate himself to Daniel Jones a great yeah. deal. Okay? I see that, too. I think yeah. the Giants may want to sit him down 
They're not going to the playoffs. They're not going to the Super Bowl. He, I, I, my feeling today is, I think he's going to get hit by the Raiders, and I think the Raiders are actually going to blow the doors off the Giants mm. today. And 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 that's the type of thing that I think is going to make people really take a look at the, the the decline in the building of the culture of the Giants, just one year later. I really think Daniel Jones is a beat up quarterback, and they have to actually save him from himself. What are your thoughts on that? Appreciate the call, Dave. I want to ask you this because uh, this is a lot he broke down there. Some of it I, I agree with, but some I just want some clarity because you are the uh, football expert. I, we in the media have made a lot about just like the interactions between Dable and Jones publicly because he has not been shy about, you know, criticizing him harshly. And you see it on the sidelines. And maybe we blow it up. But it does look like that relationship is not great. Are, like, are, are, are we making too much of it? Or is it just, is, is that the case, that they don't have the best relationship? And maybe he's not someone Brian Dable is, is truly sold on. Um, so, so, let me ask, so let me ask you a question. What makes you think their, their relationship isn't great? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not, it's not great because of you know, some type of insight that I have. But I'm just saying watching them. Like you, you, you look at how he talks about Daniel Jones, right? He, he's never Google golly over him the way that he was when he spoke about Josh Allen ahead of that matchup. The fact that week one, when they were getting their door, their doors blown off of them uh, against the Cowboys, he left him in the game when he was subject to violence. Like the fact that these things are happening in the public's eye, in addition to the harsh. I don't want to say it, criticism is like the right the right word, but the way he engaged, the interactions seem to me that there's some friction there. Yeah, well, well, well he's coaching, and Daniel, and Daniel Jones have definitely had his hand in some of this, you know, in some of this bad play for the Giants. He's coaching. He's not showing favoritism. He's not going, you know, he jump on everybody else's. But when they mess up, you got to do the same thing to him. You got to treat him the same way. So I mean, I don't think the relationship. At all is bad. I just think he's coaching, and, and and that's what he's doing. You never seen him jump Josh Allen, you know, but you, but you never seen him as a head coach with Josh Allen. You saw him yeah. as a you know a, a, a coordinator, Coffee, a coordinator, yep, yeah, a coordinator. Which they, the camera don't don't immediately goes mm-hmm. to the coordinator that's when a quarterback make a bad you know a, a bad throw and walk to the sideline. You, now you've seen him in likes of a head coach, you know, with this guy. And now when the camera goes to the sideline, he's jumping him. He's, he's probably done the same thing to uh, Josh Allen. But the camera just doesn't show it because he's not the head coach. Now, as far as what he mentioned, you know, Daniel Jones taking all these hits, could that be a reason as to why he struggled? And you can no longer expect to have that climb that you were anticipating coming into the season, building off of the momentum of last year, just because he might, in, a, in certain situations, be a deer in the headlights. Are you seeing that from Daniel Jones? Yeah, I mean, he he's not protected. I mean, he, he like the first thing he do is eyes go to the line of scrimmage. He's, he's, they, you know, they snap the ball, his eyes go right to the line of scrimmage to see which one of them linemen is getting beaten, that, you know, so, so he know what he has to escape. Once he's escaping, on, like on his route to on his route to escaping, his eyes are now downfield, and the wide receivers are in the scramble drill. Look where the ball is going. That's what it is. That's what that's what happens when your quarterback is under pressure and hit a lot. That's what happens. You know, you start looking at everything else but the routes, and from and from there, everything is downhill after that. As far as sitting Daniel Jones because he shot 
It's not happening. If this guy is healthy, he's playing. They just gave him a four-year, $160 million contract. They are still in the process of evaluating whether or not this guy can be your franchise quarterback going forward. I did see that Joe Shane was in L.A. yesterday you know, doing some scouting with, uh, with uh, Caleb Williams and, and Penix Jr., Two quarterbacks, which, you know, you can read into it what you want. A lot of that is due diligence. Maybe the Giants are interested in taking a quarterback. Maybe they're not. But you still have to see whether or not Daniel Jones is your guy. The Giants told you by building a contract for him that they can get out of at the end of the 2024 season. They're still not 100% sold on him. So when he's healthy, he has to play. And I'm looking forward to seeing him get back out there today. Because there's a, a section of this fan base, man, that was clamoring for Tyrod Taylor to continue starting if, if Jones had remained healthy. So it is going to be interesting to see what he produces today because that offense should be a lot better than it was to start the season. 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls coming up. Plus, a report yesterday from Chef Brandon that made me both depressed but also optimistic. I'll tell you what that is coming up right here on 987 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. Miami on the board. Touchdown. Cedric Wilson Jr. from Tua. So pending the extra point, it'll be 21-7. to Got to send a birthday shout out, Brandon. So I got Harvey Cruz in studio today. Oh. Big, big 28. 28 years old, man. Happy birthday, man. And enjoy it. Got that quick, you know, you got that fast metabolism now. So I don't know about that anymore. It's been uh, been slowing down a bit over the years, but thank you guys. So I asked, I asked our, our, our other producer, Tom Bauer, what he brought into the studio to help, you know, celebrate Harvey for the big two eight. And he said he didn't even know if it was if it was his birthday. That's called being a bad teammate, in my opinion. That's a terrible teammate. How do you not know it's your coworker's birthday when you're working with him today? Well, first of all, Ty, you knew it was his birthday, and you're not even in the studio to wish him a happy birthday. Well, here's you the stayed thing, man. home on purpose because you nah. thought the New York City Marathon was going to be such a big thing that I can't find parking in the city. That's a lame it's excuse. It's not about finding parking, dude. <laughs> I can't get past Central Park. You realize Central Park is closed. Fifth Avenue shut down. I can't get from the east side to the west side. Oh, so I poor thought you. instead I'm of playing putting the world's smallest violin, <laughs> instead of putting the show in jeopardy, where you know I show up late i might as well stay home and be able to operate at full capacity but you see what they do brandon they they, this is what women do in relationships sometimes you call them out for something and they try to like create a little diversion a little detour to take the attention away from them this man showed up to the studio his his boy celebrating a big birthday didn't even know it didn't even know it real quick real quick we did did not we did not bring women into the conversation ty did so yeah i did bad job man you did did, yeah, shame on you, Ty. I'm not good. Like, I'm not good with birthdays either, man. I, I'm really not. I mean, I know my mom's birthday. I know my wife's birthday. My kids' birthdays, and yeah, that's just about it, man. I, I, I'm not. When's your birthday, Brandon? My birthday is July. To, my birthday is July sixth. That's my oh, real. Oh wow. That's my real born day. I, I, you know, it changes from time to time. What does that mean? It changes. So let me explain this to you, Ty. So my family, I have a huge family, and um, I have like two my two of my mom's sisters passed away. Okay. One on the fifth and one on the seventh, which mm. sandwiches my birthday right oh, in the middle goodness. of that. So I, I my 
for for my own sanity, I changed my birthday to the first. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, man. You that's that's yeah, very tough, depressing. Man. That's yeah, awful. Tough. Yeah, like and it's, it's, it wasn't just people that I knew that died. It was my my aunts, like my yeah. mom's sisters. You know what I mean? It was just in they all raised me. I was raised by all women pretty much. It was you know, so they all raised me and and yeah, July fifth and July seventh, man, and I'm right in the middle of that, you know, with the six. So, yeah, I, 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 so my real born day is the six. You just celebrated. I'm going to celebrate on the first. And then you have like a whole. Does it bleed into like the Fourth of July weekend, or like you just like are you the type of person that you celebrating your birthday for a week, or is just one day? Man, only women do that stuff. <laughs> again, again that. with the women, what's going on here? Well, Harvey's no, been I'm, doing it. I'm saying, that. I, 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 I've never seen a guy yet that say, "Oh man, this is my birthday. I'm celebrating the whole month." I've only seen women do the, like post, like women post stuff like that on social media. Oh, it's my birthday. I'm celebrating the whole month. I've never seen any dudes Yo, do that. It's so funny you said that because you know, we were talking during the break, and I, I, I mentioned that I knew Harvey's birthday was coming up. I didn't know it was today. I knew it was coming up. Because I saw something on social media. And he said, yeah, I posted a countdown clock. And I'm like, Dude, are you 15 years old that you need to go on Instagram and, and post a countdown to your birthday to garner all this attention to make you feel better about yourself? I mean, that just reeks of immaturity. Like, that's not a grown, professional, you know, hardworking individual in this business doing that. That's a 15-year-old kid. Harvey Crew is wearing his Giants jersey today. I am wearing a Giants jersey. Who wants to, who wants to be... Um like, who wants to be old and overworking? Come on, you got to be young. Keep it young. Yeah. What's wrong with posting a contact clock anyway? Sometimes you forget know. your own birthday, too. Yo, BJ, you throwing a countdown clock on, on your social media for your birthday, my G? No, nah, but it, that's not as bad as just the whole month celebrating. Yeah, the whole month thing. You, know, you got one for bad, every weekend. Yeah. But if, if you want to post a you know, countdown, but when that... 20, but 24 hours after that countdown is over with, it's, it's it should be gone. You should be looking forward to your next birthday. Well, listen, happy birthday, Harvey, from you know from us, from the family. We wish you well. You got any big plans today? Yeah, I'm going to eat out with my sisters to a diner. What go diner? The diner? Where's the diner so people can come get an autograph? Uh, It's called the TikTok Diner on Clifton. Oh, right off of Route 3 there. Yeah, yeah. I pass by nice. there a lot. but um, There we go. Late night there. diner. On, on uh, for me on the way from the city, well, night nice would go out or nice I'm out racing. I'm I stopped there. Well, 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 maybe we'll have to go there for you to cash in on this bet. This that's, uh, Jet that's, Giants that's, that's absolutely for my pockets. That would be great, but nah, <laughs> I want to stay, man. <laughs> Yo, Harvey, have a have a good one, man. We appreciate you, you coming and rocking on your birthday. Hopefully, the Giants give you something to celebrate today. This uh, four o'clock game between the Giants and the Raiders. This portion of the show brought to you by Coach USA. Make your commute to the city easy on a Coach USA bus. For schedules and fares, go to CoachUSA.com or download the Coach USA app to buy, store, and scan your tickets. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Back to the phone lines we go. Ryan is in Middlesex. Wants to weigh in on the Brian Dable, Daniel Jones conversation what's up ryan uh gentlemen how we doing doing great man god is good man all blessings to you what's up brother first and foremost brandon thank you for two of the greatest memories of my sports life the touchdown against dallas in that playoff run and running over charles woodson i will never forget those moments uh, as a diehard giant fan and you will forever be etched in my memory for those for many plays but those two Go down in history. Thank you for that. Those are memories I will have 
for me, my family, and the rest of our lives. So thank you first and foremost for that. No problem. Um, thank you, man. Yes, sir. So, yeah, man, it's crazy to think last year I was calling on the radio after we lost to Philly in the playoffs saying, I'm still thrilled because we found the right coach, we got the right GM, I'm pumped for the future. And here we are less than a year later questioning his relationship with the quarterback. It's funny how fast things can change. I still think he's the guy, but I think it's a little overstated. I recall, the my, Brandon, your man, Mr. Coughlin on the sidelines, and Eli would throw a crazy pick, and Tom would be there with that look on his face like, what the heck are you doing? It, it didn't look good optically, but clearly there was a strong connection yeah. relationship there. That's I fair. do think we look a little bit too much into it. Now that's fair. I appreciate the call. Uh, the one thing I will say as a difference between the – Eli Coughlin marriage versus what you have with Dable and and Jones is Dable inherited Daniel Jones. So if if Jones doesn't last year put together a season good enough for this team to make the playoffs and win a playoff game, it's absolutely on the table. They have a new quarterback this year, whereas you know Eli's winning Super Bowls with Coughlin, so it's a little bit different. But I hear what he means. Why you know how sometimes we can look at like the optics of what's happening on the sidelines and overrated to some degree. Yeah, I mean, optics, man, like like you can read into a whole lot. Like like people read into the optics with, you know, some 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 stuff from um Jeremy Shockey back in the days, but it mm-hmm. wasn't even it wasn't even w- what they thought it was. He was angry at himself for most cases when people thought he was getting on Eli for not throwing him the ball. You know what I mean? It was just it's stuff where people, you know, they take stuff differently and and people think whatever they want to think because they can't hear, they can only see. You know, walked off away from Eli because he was like, you know, he was giving him, he was telling him the coverage that, the coverage that he seen and the coverage that he read, and then shot, you know, he had ran the wrong route into the coverage, and he was mad at himself. Couldn't believe he did that. And people think, oh, he's he's yelling at Eli, he's walking away from Eli, like he thinks Eli now like that. So they're like, no, that's really not what happened. But, uh, okay. <laughs> I see why y'all athletes hate the media sometimes, man. Yeah, man, it's, it's just it's just people make these these assumptions about things that they have no idea about, and yeah, we they, need they to talk about through the uh, a, a very credible source. Man, shut up with the source thing, man. Did you ever like, give media members stories? Because like sources usually are like executives, coaches, players, agents. Did you ever pr- provide a, a a media member with you know some pertinent information? No, I didn't. No, that wasn't your. That wasn't your never, thing. I never did that. Here's Patrick Mahomes. Fumble again. Oh, well, not shouldn't say again, but fumble. Telling you. No, I have never given. <laughs> I'm just well, your feed might be ahead of mine. Did that just happen? Because mm-hmm. I've got third and 20 with two and a half minutes left in the game. So you might be ahead of me. I am ahead of you. I'm at, I'm, they, they, they got the ball and I'm 212 in the third. Oh, man. You can't be ruining for me like that, bro. Come right, well, on now. I just had to get that in because you're talking about all of this Chiefs, <laughs> Chiefs saga. Oh, he did fumble no, a strip sack, I, and now Miami's got the ball in the red zone. So this game I have is, has turned. Given. Oh, This game has turned. Miami's in the red zone. What were you going to say? My bad. I've never given any kind of intel to any media outlet or nothing. I've never I've – never, Man, I barely like to talk to him. I only talk to him because it was something I had to do once a week, or I'd be fine, you know. So I, I, I did it. I never gave them anything. No, if I gave them something, it was something that that they was able to say. Well, I got this from Brandon Jacobs. Oh, gotcha. Not a source. Right. It wasn't. You put your it wasn't. Name to it. Yeah, yeah. Put my name to it. I don't do the he say she say. I feel so. that. It- 
800-919-3776. The Dolphins now have the ball back in the red zone, uh, trailing by two touchdowns, 21-7 to in Germany, as Patrick Mahomes once again turns the ball over. He's had an issue uh, with ball security so far this season. We'll keep you posted on that game. Continue to preview the likes of Week 9. That includes, I mean, just some juicy matchups. you got the Seahawks playing the Ravens down in Baltimore. You've got Cowboys-Eagles. We haven't even touched on that yet. We've got Bengals and the Bills. And then tomorrow night, of course, on Monday Night Football, the Chargers and the Jets. So keep it coming. 800-919-3776. Hit us on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, Brandon Jacobs 27. We'll be right back in a moment right here on 9870 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. And let's do it. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going until 1 o'clock leading you into Packers Rams. We've also, we've also got... Uh, Jake Asman, Maria Marino coming your way this this evening. So that should be fun. First time they're doing a show together. So make sure you guys tune in for that. I, I mentioned to you, Brandon, that there was a report yesterday that surfaced that had me depressed simultaneously uh, while also being optimistic because Schefter comes out and says, and, and we had known it already because Samini had it and a, a lot of Jet reporters uh, had uh, said the same thing, but... Uh, the Jets were really in on Devontae Adams ahead of the trade deadline. Like, this was a deal that they were very much interested in doing. They tried to trade for him. Las Vegas turned them away and then proceeded to make mass changes to the organization. I know Rich Semini, who covers the Jets, has got a bold prediction that uh, Adams will be a Jet at some point this next offseason. But the reason why it's depressing is because, I mean, you got a chance to add arguably the best receiver in football. I know the numbers don't show up, but that's more of a, the, the quarterback room he's had. You had a chance to add the arguably the best receiver in football to this team, so that could have been fun. But the optimism comes when you see that there is a prediction he is going to be a Jet, and maybe like I'm trying to read this: Is Joe Douglas trying to go all in on this year because he really believes Aaron Rodgers is coming back, or is he just trying to strike while the iron is hot? Wherever the case may be, Adams becomes a Jets. I'm I am going to be excited because that is going to do wonders for this offense that right now, outside of Garrett Wilson on the outside, lacks a difference maker. That would be the worst decision Aaron Rodgers could make for his career. Why he's is already that? old. He's already old. He's already old, and he come back. Well, I shouldn't say that because I don't know how bad his injury really was. Was it a, a a tear, a full tear? Was it a partial tear? Some some things heal differently than others, but he's forty years old, mm-hmm. and I I don't think that would be a smart decision. I mean, he. He was barely getting away from, from from trouble, you know, before he got hurt. I can imagine the coming, you know, coming in after being hurt, being out all these weeks, and come in behind his offensive line, who's still struggling, by the way, who's still struggling. Um, that that would just be the worst decision that any GM, any head coach, or any player himself could make in this situation. Why they're at like they're, in the off season? They're going to add a premier in the, weapon in the to, off season. Not yeah, this season. Oh, you're saying this season that would have been bad. This season, yes, because I, okay. I keep hearing, I keep hearing that he, 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 you know, he could potentially play for the Jets, but like before the year is out, people keep saying that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing he can do, and that's what I thought you meant as well when you just said here, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming back. So. Maybe you and I weren't on the same page, or maybe, you know, I'm just saying this season, Aaron Rodgers better sit his old tail down and wait till <laughs> next year to come back. 
Well, I, he was on the field last week doing like these abbreviated dropbacks, and it looks like he's healing faster than the average person would from this injury. Now, I, it, it does appear that I don't know what's going on here. And, and because they're so tight-lipped about the situation, did he fully tear it? Did he fully rupture it? Because it right, feels impossible for him to completely tear his Achilles. And this close to it happening, what was that, September 11th? So yeah. we're not even two months you know, since that injury happened. He's already made this amount of progress. Uh, it, it just feels impossible. But uh, it, it, the Jets are rallying around it. He's been involved. You know, in these games, we're in the headset, and you listen to players talk about the the the, the life they get from just seeing, you know, him around the locker room and him being around his teammates. It's doing wonders for them. And right now, they're four and three. Big game tomorrow night against the Chargers. The, the, the Dolphins just scored another touchdown, so that's now a one score game. Going to make for an interesting fourth quarter. But if the Chiefs win this game. Bengals win tonight. They beat the Bills. All of a sudden, that AFC East becomes more interesting. I'm not saying the Jets are going to win the division, but halfway through the season, you're you're alive, and you never yeah, would have thought this would be the case when Rodgers went down. Yeah, they're there halfway through the season, you know, and with a whole other half left to you know, left to go. I mean, the Jets are playing good football. You know, they're playing good football, and I think it's, it's a huge possibility. Huge possibility. You got an inconsistent Miami. Dolphins in front of them, and also I think the Buffalo Bills are, are not as consistent as they once were. So it's it's definitely a possibility to, for the Jets to move up in this division. All right, so let's talk about all of that coming up. Hour number two, Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs, uh, your way right here on ninety eight seven ESPN.